Hey y'all, welcome to Holy Coitus, a community of hosts, H-E-A-U-X. We are humans who engage in consensual coitus, are kind to ourselves and partners, creative, fully embodied, unapologetic, powerful, and free. My mission is to encourage everybody and everyone to claim or reclaim their sexual agency and voice, regardless of what parts you were born with or changed, where you live, what you did in the past, what you learned in the past, what you plan to do in the future, whether you've had zero sex partners or countless a week, your host story is welcome here. You are welcome here. Hey, hey, y'all. Welcome to my podcast, Holy Coitus. My name is Jenea, and I have a great guest for you today. But, y'all, I live abroad, and it's not my fault that... (laughs) Well, it is my fault that I live here, but it's not my fault when there's a techie glitch thing. So anyway, we had to like stop and start, stop and start twice during this interview. And I just want to let you guys know that uh, you got, you're amazing and sometimes technology sucks. So anyway, um, today's guest, her name is Treasure and she is an amazing human being. Um, you can follow her work at Buddy Curry. That's B. O-D-H-I dot C-U-R-R-Y and also freespace dot diary. Um, and that is on the Instagram. Also, come support my work and find me, follow me, and listen to other host stories. And my podcast uh, Instagram is at Holy Coitus on the Instagram. And that's H-E-A-U-X-O-Y-C-O-I-T-U-S. There you can find some of my opinions and a couple little shenanigans stories that I caught myself into recently. And... Lots of other amazing human beings sharing and bearing their souls, which I absolutely adore. Um, This is an open invitation for you to also come share your hoe story. I'm always looking for guests um, because being a hoe is universal and it needs to be universal. That's why I do what I do, y'all. Also, um, please, please like share about this podcast and like and follow subscribe send like a little five-star review thing write a comment it really really helps um yeah so without further ado y'all here's my conversation with treasure all right everyone welcome to my podcast holy coitus i'm super excited for my guest today uh, my name is Janea, and i'm so glad you found me in my little corner of the world uh, can you tell everybody what's your name and what's your story? Hey, my name is Treasure. Um, I'm one of those first name type of people, but yeah, my name is Treasure Curry, and I go by Bodie.Curry on IG. And I just want to talk about my whole journey here with you because I feel comfortable and free to do that. Um, it's taken me a while to claim the whole title, but at this point in my life, it's all about freedom. And being myself authentically, so I'm ready. Yeah, oh, yeah. Share my story. <laughs> ah, so excited! <laughs> yes, so many people are like, "Oh my god, I don't think I can call myself a hoe." And I was like, "When you are ready, you can absolutely." Yes. Well, let's start at the beginning. So, like, um, who first taught you about sex? And also, like, what were some of those like rudimentary, like foundational things that you learned? Yes. Um, so, first of all, I just want to say that I'm queer. Um, I am the child of immigrants, um, so I'm Guyanese-American. And that kind of has a lot to do with 
um, who I am. And also, I grew up as an Adventist. I'm no longer Adventist, but I grew up that way. So, you know, mm. when you're raised by parents that come from a third world country, coming to the United States, um, their focus is mostly church, uh, making sure you get several degrees under your belt and making sure you're financially independent. They don't care about anything else but that. Um, and once you're an adult, you're on your own. But nowhere in there is um, sex um, of importance, like educating yourself. Um, I didn't know anything about purity, puberty, my body. I just had no clue about any of those topics. Um, and as they were coming up, like in, I would see porn, I would see literature, I would see things on TV. And I can't, I know my parents could would notice that I was curious about it, but they were like, whoa, 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 when you're married, you'll find out. Or like, they would try to give me a little bit, a few tips, but it was just always brushed to the side. Mm. Um, so I just became very curious because of that. If you're not going to tell me anything about it, I'm going to dig deep and read a lot and watch things and pretty much educate myself. Mm-hmm. I mean, y'all made y'all made me this way, <laughs> you know? and I'm happy for it. But um, I just became very curious about that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, talk about the. Um, so you talked about like your access to all of the information, and what were some of the things that you found? Like, oh my goodness! I think when I was like. Uh, third grade I found out what porn was like that that I understood what was happening I just I got access to it like I heard these kids in my class talking about oh yeah make sure you turn the channel this 90 something and I was like I wrote it down in my little corner of my book mm. like, when I get home and I figure out what this channel is so I go home and I wait till people are resting and I flip the channels and I see it. I'm just like frozen with amazement like what are these people doing whatever they're doing I need to figure this out because I've been told I can't do this until I'm married. So I have mm. how many years to figure this out? Okay. Mm. By the time I'm married, I'm going to be a master at this thing. So I'm like, I'm going to be studying. I'm vigilant to study. Mm. So I just grab books. I see at the house. Um, watch a lot of porn. Sadly, like, just watch porn at a very young age. At eight years old, you don't really know what you're watching. You don't recognize that it's entertainment and not a thorough sexual education mm-hmm. um, information. So, um, I think that's the sad part. If you catch your kids watching it and you don't have the conversation, then they're just going to keep digging and digging and digging. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what I did. Um, and I think literature is fine at the at the at the right age. Like the at an age appropriate literature is available for kids. Like to figure out what their bodies are, figure out like to identify what's going on. But I didn't have that either, so. I just read a lot. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm studying English to this day in literature because I just like to read and figure out what is this, what's going on. Um, but I would say another way of learning my body was my dad. He took me to my first pap smear, my first gynecology um, appointment when I was like 15 because uh, they figured out I was sexually active at 15. So they were like, okay, we got to take her because he took me. So I figured out that I have to go to an appointment every year, at least once or twice a year, and I still do that. And yeah, it was a lot of like stumbling, mm-hmm. stumbling mm-hmm. along the way, trial and error. And I did it really solo, honestly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's special that your dad um, was available for you at that really 
important moment of your journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that happens. What else? A lot of sexual relationships, like. It's just painful because I really didn't figure out what boundaries were until it was like really too late. I know that's very common for a lot of people. Like people don't know what boundaries are, but I could have really used that understanding. Like my body isn't for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, not in the sense of like in a Christian way, but just like I'm allowed to say I don't want to do this or like I'm not comfortable. Because if you tell me like my body's for my spouse or my body's for a man per se then the people I'm sleeping with now, I'm going to think, well, yeah, my body's available to you because that's just how things go. Right. I didn't have a sense of, like, what boundaries were, like, it's okay to say no. And so mm-hmm. it was just a mess. Oh, <laughs> yes. Mess. So <laughs> many, like, I talk with my therapist a lot about just how messy sexuality is and discovering all of these things. And I was like, this is just, it's it's just, it's just messy. There's no other word to describe it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like I literally, I, I would not, I think I can take, I, people always say like, I would take back something. I don't regret it. Like I'm proud of like who I am and, and I'm mm. happy and some of the stories are really hilarious. Like Absolutely. some of the stories I've been through and the people I've slept with are like, this should be a Netflix special. Like this is That's ridiculous. Right. It's cockle. It uh, is. So I would take all my stories and wrap it up in a book and I don't want to take any of them away. But what I want to do in the future is to just continue having conversations about sex period sex is normal as eating and drinking and using the bathroom like i just don't want it to be something that's so taboo and sadly it still is (sighs) yes i (laughs) i wish it was not like that but it is for now and i'm hoping that the more that we talk about these things that it will change but i don't know i'm just one person and you're just one person yes okay so like Talk to us about the the religious time, um, because, oh, yes, so, like, you did say that you're Adventist, um, and there are 511 different kinds of denominations, but can you give mm-hmm. people, like, a Adventist 101 of, like, where we're coming from? You know, I would say I'm the worst Adventist. Okay. I'm actually, like, a phony Adventist. Let me tell you why. <laughs> um, never really was interested in reading the bible thoroughly like i gave it an honest try i've never read it like some people like yeah i read it back and forth um i would always tell people what i couldn't do instead of telling them like what the beliefs were and all the stuff like Mm -hmm. that i always say like well i can't go out friday night or i can't do this and i can't do that it just sounds like you're in like a a cult or something like you're trapped Mm -hmm. so i wouldn't say i'm the best adventist um the things i would always remember about adventism is that we we cherished the Sabbath. Mm. So from Friday to Saturday night, it was about resting and turning down from all the other activities, all the pleasures of life, mm. <laughs> resting and um, the what, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the triad, you know, um, the certain food, the health message we talk about. So just a lot of stuff and abstinence and, and your body being a temple and what you should and shouldn't wear. There's all these different, to me, unimportant things. Um, at the core of it, I just wish that Christianity was very simple. And mm-hmm. so I'm more into like a simple approach. I wouldn't call myself a Christian today, but I just I just wanted Christianity to be straightforward and very simple. 
and it just was very complicated for me. So I just wasn't interested in it, to be honest. Yes, that makes I was really good at pretending, though. I was so good at pretending. So good at, like, sitting still and singing and doing everything I needed to do. Mm-hmm. I can be very obedient, but I'm also, like, there's a rebel in me that's like, ah, <laughs> you can't do it anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, so I'm speaking about the whole journey. What it, what it feels like to be a whole in church is, like, you're sitting in church and you get put into these, um, the girls go to this class and the guys go to this class. And they try to talk to you about sex and they try to talk to you about waiting for marriage and all the different references about, you know, saving yourself. And if you don't, your life's going to be more complicated and stressful. And mm. why would you want to go through that process? So you should save yourself while I'm sitting in, sitting in the pew thinking like, well, I already did it. Mm. So you know, I already did it. And not only that, I enjoyed it. Mm. <laughs> and not only that, like, you're not telling me the fine print. You're not telling me, like, what to do with my body, like, how to affirm myself and love myself. So mm. I can't sign up for something that I don't understand. I can't sign up to be absent if I don't fully understand my body and what I'm telling people what they can and can't have. Mm. Like, that was my biggest issue. If you're going to tell me I can't do something, tell me why and then tell me, like, the whole story, the complete thing. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. So when did the, like the abstinence teaching start? And then, um, within your denomination, was it just like, don't have sex or was it like, there's no kissing or was it like, what, what, um, what were the parameters behind the abstinence? So I I believe like, I would think from my household, um, I got a, I got a book and I got a card that I still have on me. It's pretty much like a program called No Ringy, No Dingy. It sounds funny. Mm-hmm. Without waiting for marriage without, yep. <laughs> without the ring, no sex. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, without the commitment in marriage, no sex. And so I got the book, I got the literature, some kind of CD. And I just remember looking at this card and thinking, well, no. Sex looks good to me. And you're telling me I can't have it without any discussion or dialogue? Well, that's no. At eight years old, I said no. At eight, um, you said no. Then, I love it. <laughs> I'm a smart kid, okay? Mm. Um, and then, let me see, in church, we were told, what were we told? Hmm, I'm trying to remember when they started talking to us about it. I just remember going to uh, a university. Yeah, I went to SDA University for two years. And we were, it was frowned upon for any kissing. So we were having, I know we were having sex in dark corners of the university. I was making out. I was making out and doing things. I know I should not be doing. I was sleeping in corridors. I know, I was doing stuff. Okay, that I is really hilarious. Yes. And people, what people end up doing is sneaking around because you're mm. finally away from home. And I wasn't. I was like 20 when I moved. I I feel like an older adult, but I was only 20, 21 when I went to college. Um, there away from home, but. It was just always like, don't do it. When you mm. tell someone not to do something, mm. come on. I mean, you know what I mean? Um, they didn't hand out any condoms on the campus. I don't remember having any, like, available class to go to. Just don't do it. Mm-hmm. Don't. Whatever you do, don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> don't touch it. <laughs> that is just don't so effective. Yourself, don't do it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm curious yeah. about like um, the people that you were surrounded by. Like, were you surrounded by folks who were also on the straight and narrow, or were you surrounded by folks who were on the path of the slippery slope towards the flames, or <laughs> both and? Like, you know, I know people were doing it, and the sad part is that I think what I want. I went to the SDA University because I wanted to feel safe. I wanted to be around people that I felt like were like me. Mm. But I didn't realize I was not fully like them. And so I know they were sleeping with people. But I feel like people were really good at being sneaky. Mm. It's almost like if you get caught, you're on your own. But I'm not going to get caught. Right. No one said that that was the energy. Like, I know people were going to parties. If you had your own place off campus, you probably were doing something. And I've handed out condoms to a group of my guy friends um they didn't tell me i just know like you're gonna eventually sleep with somebody you're gonna be Mm. here for four years i mean come on like it's gonna happen so please make sure you're using protection that was so nice Um, Mm -hmm. and then what else um but yeah people just were very the energy the campus was like i can feel the energy go up and down so when we first got the campus it was exciting and then the middle was like i'm just putting on a front i'm just trying to get through this thing Mm -hmm. but I just feel like we weren't being honest. Right. We're pretending. You know, you got you got you got pulled aside if you were wearing shorts too short. You got pulled aside if you were doing making out with someone or touching their hand or laying on their chest. It was just like it's either a fine or like a wake of the finger or some kind of like you feel like you're being watched. Yeah, sort of like you're under surveillance at the campus. Who was waving their finger and who was saying that your shorts were too short? Like, who, who I are have these? Very long legs. I have legs that look like I'm six feet, but I'm actually only like five nine. So mm-hmm. I just have very long legs. And so she pulled me aside and said, "Like, oh god, you shouldn't wear shorts this short. I'm gonna give you a warning, but like, you gotta change that." And I was mm-hmm. like, "It's just because your legs are so long." I'm like, ah. But there are girls that are five foot two with shorts under their butt cheeks, but they don't get called out. So ah, that's a whole whole other thing. Mm. Um, but I think I was, I think somebody was watching me on the campus, and I was told like, hey, you're being watched. People are seeing you walk from the campus to the, across the street to see your boyfriend, and just letting you know you're being watched. I'm like, I felt it, but I wasn't sure. But yeah, thank you wow. for confirming that. Oh, mm-hmm. that is so exciting. Yes. Because I'm being a hoe. I'm being a little hoe. I mean, I <laughs> you were. Lynn is cute. I had a mm-hmm. long-term boyfriend that I really like. So, yes, I'm going to go see him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it looks like you don't feel bad at all. Yes. <laughs> Mm-mm. Oh, that's adorable. School so, is stressful. <laughs> it is. You got you to gotta let out some steam. Mm-hmm. I'm curious, though. Okay, so, like... um. I had the opportunity to go to an evangelical school, but I didn't. And um, now at this journey of like, I don't like using the word deconstruction because I feel like it's, it's um, right. As of today, it's very white space, but which is fine, whatever. Um, But I'm like, I, within like the deconstruction or within the evangelical college space, like, um, it seems, I don't want to call it a prison, but it seems like, like the watching and the, all of the, like, what are your thoughts about this? Like, 
Oh my gosh, I'm so glad you said prison. So there was a couple girls. There were different people of different um, faiths or whatever. Like not everybody there was Adventist. I remember hearing mm-hmm. a girl say like, "Why does it feel like prison? I feel like I'm being watched." I'm like, "Girl, me too." I was like, "I've lived a whole a whole life before I came here. Why do I feel like I have to mm-hmm. change my whole entire lifestyle? Like everything has to blend together. I can't have a separate life. Like example, um, I go to church. That's fine." Uh, I have a social life, that's fine. But they wanted you to, like, have everything. God to bleed in every area of your life. Mm. God had to be in every area. And honestly, like, when I'm masturbating, I don't, I'm not imagining God, like, in every, every area of my life. I'm trying to, like, <laughs> masturbate in peace. Um, so I just, like, right. you can watch because I know you're there. But, like, I'm not trying to have every single thing be godly, quote-unquote, or biblical. Everything doesn't have to be biblical for me. I don't even, I don't even talk that way. I don't think that way. So, um, it's just, yes, I don't know why it was like that, but they just have rules and they have to, it's a control. They have to control and keep the campus like mm-hmm. moving in unison and everybody thinking the same and moving the same. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, there's no room yeah. for expression. I would say there's no room for expression and freedom there. That's not allowed. And you can right. feel that. Mm-hmm. What was it like for you being a person of color, um, on the campus? So it's in, it was in Texas, and, and that area was, like, predominantly Hispanic. Mm. Um, so we had, it was, like, Hispanic, white. I think it was, like, a decent mixture. Okay. But we did feel, we did feel, like, if we were examples of, like, we had to tone it down when we were being part of, like, the the ministry or, like, the music section. We had to, like, be in another program because we're black and we sing gospel and everything like that. So mm. there were times when, like, I feel like I had to tone myself down mm. because I'm too loud or too expressive. Mm. I did feel it. I didn't do it, but I could feel people look at me differently if I was loud or if I would get upset. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it, it was really, like, emotionally draining. I eventually had an emotional breakdown on that campus. I really did. Wow. It doesn't seem, mm-hmm. like, it's a very, it doesn't seem like it's a very safe space or affirming no. space. No. <laughs> My gosh. So, like, people who were doing, like, who were sexually active, like, mm-hmm. did you guys have, like, little powwows? Okay, so this is my question. It's a long For sure. pre-thing. But, like, so I was on the straight and narrow, and I was also the one with super high libido ever since, like, mm-hmm. before I can remember but I was determined to not do the nasty nasty. And mm-hmm. I thought that everyone else was not doing the nasty nasty. And then I'm in my 30s and I was like, y'all been doing this for two decades. And I was like hot and mad. <laughs> and so, and I'm mad at all of y'all because I was like, y'all been having all this fun. So like, I'm curious about like, those of you who were sexually active, did you guys mm-hmm. like, have secret clubs or like secret handshakes or like while you were in this thing like did you do eye contact and winks in order to pass on messages so that you couldn't like so funny if you ask this question um i was trying to be friends with people that were like me i was really trying to find them they were very far and few between Mm -hmm. i actually ended up being friends with more men i had a couple female friends but i had male friends that were most of them were off limits, like just platonic, because I just wanted to have a real ass conversation with people. Mm. And 
it, it would happen every once in a while. If I would, I would try to give people a clue, like I'm like you, like I'm, I'm like a normal person. I'm like not like the others. Okay, how can I let you know that without being weird? You know, like a mm. signal, like yeah, yeah. I had a couple boyfriends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I tried to signal that without mm. being like I'm a whole guys. How can I let you know that being a weirdo? So there was a couple times where a friend would come to me and say stuff like. Oh, like we, we, like a lot of virginity, or like it was a couple times where we I had like really safe conversations with people. Like this is in our bubble; we're not gonna talk about it with anybody else. So I had to slowly show them that like I don't let people's how do I say like I don't I don't care if people judge me. I am who I am. I tried to represent that mm. to my friends, and eventually they got the clue. But I had to be very subtle. And I think I talked about being interested in girls to a girl one time, and her whole energy changed. I was like, okay, she's not safe. I can't talk to her anymore. So mm. I would try to give people clues, and I would try to figure out who was cool and who wasn't. Mm-hmm. And mm. so, yeah, like, I had to be very subtle. I couldn't be blatant. Oh, my Could not be. <sighs> that, that's hard. That is really hard. Yes. Mm-hmm. What, um... The adults within Adventism, so like those when you were a teenager, I'm curious about like, did they seem thrilled that they were finally married or like, like did, and then also um, I'm curious about like, when you saw them, did their life look appealing to you? Yeah, it's, it's. So when I would speak to adults and they would talk about their married life, it seemed like it was a club I wanted to get into. Mm-hmm. Like, finally, I'm able to, like, I could talk about sex now freely, and y'all aren't going to judge me. Like, in my, in my community bubble, like, okay, y'all going to know I'm having sex with an adult now, and it's going to be totally fine. So if I want to be a hoe, it's normal because I'm married. Like, it's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but adults, I wasn't hearing the conversations of them admitting they were sexually active before. And these are adults, like, in their 40s and 50s. Some some people got married in their 30s, 40s, 50s. And so I wasn't hearing honesty. I was just hearing, like, relief. Like, thank God I'm married. Or, like, a gratitude toward their spouse. But I still wasn't hearing any deep conversations. I just felt like they were probably grateful that they could finally, like, enjoy sex without shame. That's my assumption, and that they could just be free and live together without sneaking around. Mm-hmm. Um, that's really about it. Like, grateful they're no longer single, grateful there's no more dating apps for them, like they could just be with their spouse. God sent him to me, la di da di da, all that stuff. Absolutely. Um, but there was no conversation. Now, this conversation about sex is now even less because you're married. To me, that's what's really happening. Yeah, like, now that you're married, it's like this protective bubble. Right. I was telling my friend the other day, I was like, I had guy friends that I had no intention of sleeping with, but I was very, like, I'm sensual. I'm a sensual person. I'm going to talk to you. I'm going to hug you. I'm going to touch you. And the minute I got married, I felt like they didn't want to talk to me anymore. Mm. I was like, I'm still me. We can still talk. Sex is still not on the table, so we can talk, like. I don't understand why we can't talk anymore. Mm-hmm. I get it, but I, I don't like that. I don't like that. Like, now that I'm, Christ, I'm quote-unquote Christian to them and I'm married, you can't talk to me anymore. Wow. There's no freeness. There's no there's no openness. You can't send me a DM and just have a funny little ha-ha. It just feels really like they're walking on eggshells. Mm. I wanted to ask them, like, what? what's up? Like, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, me. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, that's really hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Kind of weird. I know that, like, I don't know, my, my, so, when my, the people that I started, that I grew up with, when they started mm-hmm. to get married, um, me as a single person, I, like, they completely cut me off, and they only had married friends, and then, wow. and it was so sad, I was like, but, but I still want to go hang out with you, and, and, but then also, like, I also didn't want to hang out with them either, because, like, they would, they would be able to, like, give, you know, the little sexy wink thing that y'all people be doing, because you're married, <laughs> and, like, you know, like, <laughs> touch the knee I don't know that. Yeah, you know, like, okay, so I'll give you an example. Like, we're at a restaurant, I'm single, and, like, super single saint, and then uh-huh. the newly married couple's on the other side of the table, and they're, like, winking at uh-huh. each other, like, you're so cute and all, and then I'd be like, well, I'm just gonna oh. go wink at my breadsticks, so that's all I've I got never, in life. I've never done that. Seriously? I've always wanted to do that. I've always wanted to, like, I fuck my husband across the room. I'm still right. waiting to do that. <laughs> I'm gonna wink at my breadsticks because that's who I came in here with. Like it was just really sad. I can't wait you. <laughs> but then, and then like they would talk to me and they, you know, they the, like the level of pity there was because like I was the single one. Like there wasn't any, like the line of demarcation between single and married. It was like this uncrossable, like chasm between us now, and it was really sad. And now that I'm I'm old and grown and still single and officially a hoe, people are like, you know what? I think you're just you're just gonna have to come back to the fold. And I was like, that's, yeah, I think I'm fine over see, here. See, that's that's a question I have, right? So when you come out as a hoe, are you like a plague? Because that's the, that was a fear I mm. had originally, like think, calling myself a hoe. Like, are you gonna be like, uh, like mm. don't get that on me? Like you stay in your corner. Like, do you feel that energy? Like, people are like, okay, Janae's being Janae, leave her over there, you know? I do. And thankfully, I'm 8,000 miles away from all the people. And so, like, there's, it's pretty easy to do that. And I've been thinking about, like, how to reintroduce myself as a hoe when I go back. Because I can do whatever I want while I'm over here. Because, like, I'm in the land of soy sauce. It does not matter. Oh, it's going to be so sweet. Oh, my God. I can't wait. There's going to be beards (laughs) everywhere. And so, like, but... I don't, you're going to have to text, like, message me later, because I don't, I don't know, like, how to do that quite yet, and then, but I also think that, um, when people, like, I'm only interested in, like, building relationships with people who are not sorry for the life that they're in, so, like, okay. I've gathered over here, um, okay, so, like, the local people, they, feel horrible if someone is single and it's a lot because like the government said you have to get married so then they're gonna get married and then they're gonna they have to have children because the government said and blah 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 and so when I tell them that I'm single and no kids and I kind of don't want a husband because I think that it's a waste of my time and energy people are just like like it's really sad and it's very similar to like the evangelical space with yeah you are just you're just out there and like your life is so sad because like you don't have anyone. And I was like, my life is better than you. Like y'all's are the ones that seem miserable. It's really, it's fascinating. Now you're, 
now you're making me think now. Imagine this, like, we grew up in this evangelical Christian background, and we want to be married so bad, right? Mm -hmm. To eliminate the need to be, like, out there and being Mm -hmm. promiscuous. So we finally meet our partner with no training, no background, if you've Mm -hmm. been, you know, holy, whatever, like that, keeping yourself. And then all of a sudden, like, you're supposed to just know what to do with your partner. Mm -hmm. You're supposed to just arrive at sexual satisfaction, and it's not... It's disappointing because it's not the case. Unless yeah. your husband's been a hoe, and then I guess, but still, you're still behind. Mm-hmm. Him being a hoe doesn't even mean you're going to enjoy yourself. Absolutely, just he knows how to how to do flip you around, but that's about it. Right. Like it takes a long time to understand the body. It takes a long time. Um, Absolutely. There's so many like Instagram accounts that I have been like that are start, that are people are being very transparent about what it was like to go from complete abstinence, like there is no sex, no nothing, to being married, and they're just like the learning curve. Like my body was not ready. Um, And it's devastating. And um, in my journey of become like going from being super virgin, because like like I did have a little thing when I was eight. I don't remember his name. I do remember. I'm not going to say it on the internet. But like, um, like, I, we we got caught once. I don't know. But then um, my first kiss as an adult, I was 30. I was 30. 30. Almost 30. I forget. I, I was 30 when I first kissed a dude. Uh-huh. And I was terrified. And so going from there to like like being sexually active is wild. Uh-huh. And, and the idea, like the part that you said of like feeling behind, it was it was so hard. And I felt so bad. I was like, like. I don't have any skills. Like, I don't know what to do. And everything is happening. Like, it was really hard. And I cannot imagine that feeling, being married, and then you're just supposed to, like, turn on the switch and now, like, be a vixen. Like... That's the, that's the conversation I want to have. I wonder if people who are married married and waited are having a pleasant experience in the bedroom. Like, I really want to... I want to hear a couple that says, like, I'm so glad we waited and it's been great and we're learning together. And I'm just like, there's, I know there are people like that, but mm-hmm. I just have never heard someone say that. I've met a couple, not on this podcast, but just random folks. Um, but the interesting thing is like, like I am an academic person. There is no official way to gauge someone's, <laughs> yeah. like there's to gauge someone's true level of satisfaction or pleasure when they have mm-hmm. nothing to compare it to. Like, you can't, like, talk to a person and then, like, see how is it like to be a virgin and then be married and then ask the same person what was it like to be sexually active and then get married. Are those two the same? Because, like, and one, like once you have sex after being a virgin for so long, you can't ever, like, be have multiple partners and then go and mm-hmm. judge, like... Mm-hmm. It's one or the other. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah. you can't like me- you can't measure person A who was a virgin and their level of satisfaction to person B because it's all different. We all have different stories. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think there is a way to gauge. It's, it's bizarre, and I kind of give so people the side basic. eye when people are like, "Oh my god, I'm fully satisfied." I was like, "Are you though? Really?" <laughs> Yeah. So you're basically saying we should just mind our business and make our own rules. Imagine right? you should I mind mean, your fucking wow. business. Mind your fucking business. Yes. Woo! Please do. <laughs> okay. 
I wish I can get the, I don't have the lady's name, but I wrote down this website that I recently, uh, I, I'm paying for porn now, and I'm really, I feel like an adult, mm. like, I feel like so grown up. I, have so I am paying for questions. porn now, and I'm so mm. happy, I feel like good about it. Yeah. Like when I click on, there's no shame, it's like, I paid for this. Ah. And it's good. <laughs> so it's called Make Love Not Porn. I watched her uh, TED Talk. The lady that created that website, Make Love Not Porn, um, it's pretty much like people on the website, they're, they're real couples choosing to be there or singles, whatever. Um, and it's just real ass people. And she pretty mm. much talks about how we are constantly looking for education in literature and film, erotica, whatever. But we're not getting the real life messy. Sex is messy. It's mm. not perfect. You don't get it great every single time you do it. It, there's smells, there's sounds, there's all this kind of stuff, and most of us learn all these like fake screens and pretending and entertainment from porn, but it's not the real deal. Right. And so, I've known this for a while because I've been watching porn since I was like eight years old, right. and then I was like addicted to it at like high school age. And I went through periods of like not watching it, then watching it, but like hating it. But not knowing what else to watch. Because mm. <laughs> I'm like, I still want to watch it. I love it. But I know it's entertainment. Where is the real thing? Mm. Where's the how-tos? Mm. You know, I want to get better at these certain areas. Like, I want to keep watching. And so I'm so glad to find this uh, website. I have like, so many people, questions. Go look at it. <laughs> yes. Like, what are some of the differences between, like, free porn and paid porn? For those of us... I'm speaking oh, to myself. Man. Right. Okay, so you know, if you're like brand new at like sex and everything, even just masturbation, and you're like you're thinking about your breathing, right? So we're not I love everything to do with breath. Mm. If I'm feeling anxious, if I'm feeling frustrated, if I want to release, I take a deep breath. Mm. And when you're hearing porn, you're hearing this go go like <laughs> like okay, <laughs> if you scream like that, that's your business. But, like, most times people don't actually breathe like that. You're just gasping for breath. Mm. Your body's not relaxing Relaxing when you're gasping for breath like that. Mm. Or you're trying to sound beautiful. Your mm. natural sounds probably don't actually sound like that. And so when you're watching Make Love Not Poor, you're seeing a couple fumble. They're laughing because they're sweating. Or, like, the woman is actually just doing a deep breath or a nice sigh. Um there's condoms or there's not condoms um you're just seeing real ass people mm. trying to find creative ways to enjoy themselves mm. and i'm seeing people like squirt and i'm seeing people like they're on their table or they're on their bedroom floor and they're just playing with themselves or having sex with their partner and it's like loving sometimes or messy or kinky whatever and it's like yeah i look like that too i'm fumbling i'm trying to figure things out i'm laughing because i farted and i'm like oh shit and we're just laughing like it's not cute mm-hmm. all the time but it's funny mm-hmm. sometimes sex is really funny sometimes like, it's, it's hilarious really funny it is mm-hmm. you don't see that in porn too. porn is like okay cut like you gotta grab a bunch of lube make it look messy like they're cutting the different frames to make it look nice mm-hmm. it's a guy and it's, it's most times like a male perspective right mm-hmm. Like it's whatever the, the guy wants you to do, mm-hmm. but if if you're with a if you're seeing two couples have sex on make love not porn, it's two people choosing to be there consensually mm-hmm. and really enjoying it and making it their own. Mm-hmm. It's like a YouTube channel. It feels like you're watching a YouTube channel, but it's sex. Oh. It's really cool. That's the vibe. That's the best way to describe the vibe. Like yeah. just real ass people 
and they just set a camera up and they're trying to just do their thing. Are they talking? Because that's another thing that I noticed um, they're not, that they don't do in porn much. So you can browse free. You can browse free and you can click on the little sneak peeks. That's how I figured out I wanted to watch it. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they open up with saying, hey, I have a few minutes before I go to work today. Let me just put on the camera and just play it myself. And I'm like, well, I'm going to watch what she's going to do today. What's she going to teach me today? And I'm going to watch it. And I'm like, okay. I need to start masturbating more. Check. I need to start just playing with myself without the yeah. pressure of like orgasming just because it's Sunday. Just because I have a few minutes today. Let me just do it. Wow. Just because it's Sunday. Oh. I mean, why not? You know, I have toys. I have stuff to do. I can just, yeah. Wow. Take care of myself. Ah, I love it. Yes. Oh, another resource too. So do you know Betty Dodson? Betty Dodson. Did she just die? I love Betty. I think. Huh? Did she? Did Betty Dodson just die? She did on October thirty first last year. That's what so I sad. thought. I I downloaded her books, and I haven't read them yet. But like, tell me about her, because she's so amazing. I, what I do know about her is that I would watch her on YouTube all the time. Um, I was watching her documentary for a little bit on YouTube. Um, I know she was like, um, she was, she called herself an artist. She's like, I'm not a really great artist, but I was an artist. I did it for a living. Um, she was married prior. Um, she really just taught her. She was like a, I think she was like the OG ho. That's the way she described her. She is the OG ho. OG ho. And she and her friend, Carlin, created body sex. Mm. And to me, she helped me upgrade my, um, my masturbation routine because if you watch her on youtube she talks about how women are like clenching themselves and like stiff and they're not really masturbating the best way possible you're like you taught yourself to grind on the pillow or you just like squeeze mm-hmm. like your uh, kegels and then you orgasm that way but you're not really comfortable doing that because you're all clenched up and tense Mm. so she teaches you how to do like the rock and roll like on your back you're rocking and like it, it works so well with patience wow. so you click on Betty Dodson and she teaches you how to masturbate she teaches you to just like improve your improve your sex life with yourself your solo sex and pleasure like it's like your grandma like giving you like OG tips that you'll like have forever and forever oh. I wanted to go to I wanted to go to her body sex class so bad but I was a punk I was being such a punk. Okay, let me tell you how it worked. Oh, my, my dad God. Lives in New York. Yes. I, my dad lives in New York. I would visit him sometimes. And I told him one day, like, hey, Dad, I'm coming down to New York. He's like, what for? I was like, well, I'm going to come visit you, and then I'm going to go to a yoga class. He's like, okay. And I just, I just couldn't do it because the body sex class is you're naked in a room with a bunch of women, with your mm. legs open, and she teaches you how to masturbate and pleasure yourself. Mm. And she and you're just naked there with your vagina just your whole legs open, your vulva just showing, mm. and she takes you through the whole process. I think it's like a thousand or fifteen hundred dollar class. That's all because I, I, I was wondering about that, like how I, much she was charging to teach it. It's, yes, it's still running, but obviously, you know, a girl ain't there no more. But I think her partner Carlin is still doing it. Mm. Her friend, um, but. I heard about Betty Donson. Um, uh, she did like a Gwyneth Paltrow something on Netflix. And so Gwyneth Paltrow. Girl, I watched it. Did you really? Uh-huh. Yes. And they were like, that was when I was like, oh, Betty Dodson is OG ho. 
we need to all learn from him. Oh, gee, man. Yes. I watched her in amazement. I was so like, I was like, I'm, my life is better just by hearing about her. Yeah. Just hearing a few, a few words from her. Mm-hmm. And I was, I, it really made me like, she talked about masturbating and sex and like all the things like I talk about dipping my French fries in ketchup. And like, she was just like, this it's is just normal. what, this is just, yeah. And her I was mom like, didn't shame her. her mom didn't shame her. That's what I love about it. She said her mother did not shame her. It did not look at her like she was weird, like a weirdo. She's like, my daughter's a free spirit. She, she gave her daughter freedom. I was like, I want to give my kids freedom. Right. I want to give them that sort of like space to just be themselves. Like, what would my kid be like if I just didn't tell them like, no, you're doing that wrong. You're nasty. And just like. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I'm curious, yeah. now that we brought up shame, and then I want to ask about the future kids whenever you do decide that. Like, mm-hmm. what has been your relationship with shame throughout like your journey like what is what does that look like and it was so bipolar Mm. it's embarrassing how I went back and forth back and forth back and Mm -hmm. forth I just remember like I think I was age 19 I was sleeping with this guy and I told him like oh we can't do this like we shouldn't we shouldn't Mm. He's like, okay. And he was like, I was like, I'm sorry, I shouldn't even sleep with you. He was like, okay, you know, like, I'm with God. I'm like, I shouldn't be doing this when we go on married. And then still sleep with him and then, like, go back and forth. It's just like, what the fuck are you doing, Treasure? Like, mm. if you're going to like it, like it. If you're going to do this, do this. Don't mm. be back and forth. And I just remember years of just like, the closer I got to Christianity, the more I hated myself. Imagine. So weird. Like, the more I would. If I, was to, if I was to keep going to church and listening to what they're telling me and as a single person, mm. I don't know about married, I'm just, just I feel like I just got married yesterday, but as a single woman in church, feeling how I'm feeling, I thought I was disgusting. I thought I was the biggest whore. And back then, I meant whore was not a good thing for me, but like, I thought I was the most nastiest person in the world. Like, my urges and my natural feelings were nasty. Mm-hmm. Because I would see somebody and like, they would breathe on me and I was turned on. I would just change my feeling turned on by, like, anything. That's just hormonal and natural and normal. And I just felt like people had to be afraid of me. Like, I almost felt like if you're close to me, I may hurt you. My Mm -hmm. sexuality may hurt you. And my sexuality may make you, like, pull you in. Mm -hmm. So don't get next to me. I was just so stupid. Like, that's how I thought. I don't necessarily think it's stupid. I think that, like... That's that's the conditioning that you and I and a lot of us had. Um, and going back to um, the thing that we talked about a while a bit ago about like being a single person around married people mm-hmm. within the evangelical or Christian oh, space. Yeah, like I I felt people's fear of me. Right. That's, yeah. I I felt people look at me like I remember. Um, being friends with a guy, I was singing with him in a group, and he didn't tell me he was married, but he was very touchy-feely with me, I was like, I didn't know anything about it, I was like, okay, I'm new here, kind of make friends, and I just remember him, like, his, he didn't tell me he was married, and so his wife was glaring at me, but I didn't know it was his wife, I was like, why is she glaring at me? Mm. We're singing in this group together, like, a bunch of hymns back and forth for, like, two, three hours, and then he, she says, like, oh, so you met my husband, I was like, oh, oh, 
Mm-hmm. It's kind of been nice to know. Mm-hmm. And ever since she stayed her claim and said, this is my husband, I would see him. Didn't even like him. He was kind of abrasive and loud and very touchy-feely. But she would just glare at me and give me an ugly look. And I felt that energy of, like, I don't want you near him. I don't like you. You're going to steal him away from me. Yeah. But that was never my intention. I didn't know. Mm-hmm. So I just always felt like women didn't want me around their husbands. Mm-hmm. But I was never putting myself out there like, I want to sleep with your husband. I just was being myself. Because I'm going to smile. I'm going to say hello. I'm going to meet people. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to go home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. You know, I only want to sleep with married people. I only want to see with single people. Whoa. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I really, I I was, what it made me feel like is hypervigilant. I would always feel like, are you married? Are you single? I was always asking people in church, like, so are you attached? Because I didn't want to talk to someone married and be surprised by it. Mm -hmm. And people did, a lot of events, people don't wear rings. And so Mm -hmm. it was sometimes really hard to figure out, especially Caribbean too, Mm -hmm. old school Caribbean Adventist, a lot of them don't like jewelry. Um, and so sometimes he just couldn't tell. Mm. Mm. And I didn't want to be in any mess. I didn't want my name talked about. I just wanted to be like laid low. As I got older, I just wanted to lay low and mind my business. Right. Mind your business. <laughs> and sleep with someone with no connection to church and nothing. Just let me out of all the mess. So, Absolutely. Um, yeah. Yeah. I also gathered from. I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh yeah, the the connection like between you know single people and married people, um, and you know just the it just got to be really sticky within church spaces. Yeah. Um, I gathered also like me being someone, uh, I did definitely like drink the purity culture Kool Aid for a while, um, but I still like mm-hmm. within me, people knew that like I was not one of them. Like they, I was surrounded, especially during formative years with folks who got married at 20 and 21, but I wanted to go to college and I wanted to like go and travel the world and do all kinds of other things. And I had other intentions besides like boyfriend drama. Like I was perfectly fine, like playing piano and being a badass as a teenager. And I wasn't one of them because I wasn't like super focused on trying to be a wife. Um, Mm -hmm. and so the women even would look at me and be like, or women and teenage, like my peers, they're just like, mm-hmm. I don't know, you, you're, you, you're not, you're not one of us. So I can't really spend a lot of time with you. And then on top of that, being black within white spaces. Um, and then when I was older, people would like pray for me, trying to find a husband and trying to, you know, they, you know, they would be like, just be open some more. And I was like, actually, like, I'm living my best life and getting all these degrees and traveling the world. Like, my life is great. Um, and they couldn't understand why I wasn't actively, like, trying to get married. Um, mm-hmm. And they would also police my my behavior, my body, my my how I presented myself, all the things, because I wasn't wow. trying to... Uh, be bait um, and women couldn't understand and so they I I don't know like for me the other caveat I think is like um, they didn't know how to connect with me because our lives were so different um, I was yeah. I was willing to learn about their life and they're like making kids mm-hmm. and all the things but 
they didn't know how to support me. Um, you were too ambitious, maybe. I was. And I was like, well, mm-hmm. that's just no fun. It was sad. But, yeah, it was pretty unfortunate. Wow. So. That's interesting. It was wild. That other that other caveat. <laughs> <laughs> it was. It was it really was. Um less than pleasant. Um and now where I am, um, people have the same kind of conversations, but it's within a very non religious space. Um they're like, mm. you, you have to get married. And I was like, No, I actually grew up in church. I don't really need that life at all. Um Yeah. It's the same thing. Eight thousand miles away. And I was like, This is weird. In America, wow. it was white Jesus, and now it's the CCP. I don't understand. <laughs> yes. But anyway. Okay. So I'm curious about, like, um, you now are married. So mm-hmm. um, how are you navigating, like, the, the whole identity or the sexually liberated piece being a married person now? And then also, so, like, the, why did you get married? Because, like, that's, I I don't know. I mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just always wanted to get married. Um, I guess maybe just the way I was raised. I just felt like that was one of those things I was going to do. I never really, I wanted to, I wanted to live out my whole life as, as long as possible. Um, mm. And then I knew when I was going to be ready. When I met my person, I knew I was going to be ready. Um. But you're talking to me now in the middle of it because I feel like I just got married. I got married in 2019. Um, and then in 2020, my spouse joined the military. Mm-mm. Okay, we're back. So you're married now. Um, why marriage? And um, what is it like being a hoe and married? I think I was saying that I've always wanted to be married. Um, I really thrive in partnership. Um, I thrive in having someone to talk to and kind of connect with, and we kind of help sharpen each other. It's a reference that I just have to Why is it? Okay. All right. So I've always wanted to be married. I just didn't know who it was. I just felt like he had to be very fucking special for me to really marry him. And I met someone like, Part three. So saying that, yeah, yes. so we got married in 2019. He joined the military in 2020. I just feel like I've told this, I told him this already. Like, it's happening so fast. We're just, like, taking off. We're taking off in different directions. When we meet each other again, we have to update each other because you're doing your thing and growing your area. I'm growing in my area, but we're not physically together. So it's very hard. I've been thinking, like, I have a lot to update him on. You know, I was once calling myself Christian. I'm no longer a Christian. I'm just treasure. And so um, he knows how I am, but I don't think he fully understands where I'm going with this. And I don't even know either. I am sort of reinventing myself, honestly, Mm. right now. I've been really into meditation. I've been really into those, like, healing spaces. I've been going to sound therapy. I want to take some classes on uh, sexual health and education. So I'm reinventing myself, and I don't know what is going to happen. Yeah. But I know that I, I'm daring myself to go this angle. I really don't. 
I'm more concerned about how I'm feeling and where I'm going. I'm thinking about myself, honestly. Yeah. And I'm hoping that we can blend the two together. Right. Right. But he, but I said, you know who you married, right? Like, I had no intention of waiting for marriage. That was never my thought, never my interest. And you know who I am. You like who I am. So mm. this is really it. I want to just keep opening myself, so I don't know what else to tell you. Yeah, <laughs> it's fair. I don't. I think um, I I probably will get married. Maybe like forty. I'm not really sure. But right now, just the idea, it, like my my stress level is just really high. Cause like I don't know if you know this, but if you have a husband, like you have to like talk to it like all the time and like like ask it how it's how how's her day and like shoulder rubs I don't know what y'all yeah. people do like that's weird to me but I'm happy for you yeah there's some um things I'm like oh I gotta talk about money and stuff I just want to spend the money I want to spend when I want to spend it like I just mm. don't want to have these discussions yeah but here we are here we are <laughs> but I'm very fortunate because I have the I have both situations I have support I have connections not physical, but I have, like, I have support from his family, my family, but he's not physically here. I'm mm. still continuing to feel like I'm by myself, but I have that support in the background. And that's amazing. And so I feel, and I also feel like we're dating all the time because I'm, I'm not going to see him for six months. Mm. And then, boom, he's going to pop up again. I'm like, hey, boyfriend, and it's going to be all fresh and brand new. Mm. I'm going to be all nervous for, like, a whole month when he's here. And I'm not used to him being in my space, our space. Yeah. And so it is an adjustment every time he goes. Yeah. That's precious. I love it. Congratulations. Because I have stories of just like gutter shit. Like that's all that it is. And I it makes me happy that like people have found their person instead of having to like wade through gutter shit. Like just. Yeah, I've been in that gutter, baby. I've been in it. I've seen it. It's spectacular. <laughs> like, I don't even understand. <laughs> oh, my it, it gosh. It makes for interesting stories, but, yes, I've been in it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's wild. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not I, – I love my journey, but, my goodness, these, these people, I swear. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. <sighs> but that's the journey I'm on right now, um, reinventing mm-hmm. myself spiritually, sexually, um, kind of reconnecting with my old self that didn't care as much. It just kind of like did what I needed to do. Yeah. When you're a kid, you're like, you're not worried about what people think about you. You're just living. Mm-hmm. You're living and you're doing it. That's really what I want to do. Live and do. Keep yeah. moving. I'm curious about like how, as you are navigating like the therapy spaces and these new spiritual modalities and all the things, how is that affecting your sexuality and how you see your body now that you are out of Adventist circles? Man, I I have all types of feelings. I am horny a lot. I'm going to tell you right now. Um, (laughs) I was was in that space. um, I'm by myself here. I don't have any family in town. And so I'm on an island, damn it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So... I was in a group one time. We're having a ther- uh, a session about sound therapy, and I asked everybody for a hug. I asked for a hug. Mm. I haven't been hugged in. I I literally don't remember the last time I was hugged, like mm. touched. I was like, wow, touch is really important to me. Mm. Like a good squeeze. Mm. I could be squeezed and hugged. And so I've discovered I'm really horny. Um, but I mostly just miss 
physical touch and intimacy, like sharing a meal, having a conversation, eye contact. Mm. I just miss those things more than ever a lot. Um, so I want more of that. And the community I spend time with, I need that. Mm-hmm. I don't need friends that are worried by physical touch. I probably shouldn't be friends. Right. I need friends to see me and we hug each other and we talk and we have eye contact. And it's not weird, men and women. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm kind of hoping. I'm hoping to make connections where we talk about platonic friendships don't need to be weird. It's fair. I would like that. That's kind of what I'm moving towards. Like, mm-hmm. hey, I'm a hugger. Can I get a hug? I'm going in, like, if that's fine with you, let's do that. And this is from the <laughs> beginning, from the jump, like, this is how I am. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm curious about, like, um, platonic relationships outside of church. Like, are people able to hug in outside of church spaces? Or do you still feel like that's not a thing? Or, yeah, like, what's the level of intimacy in platonic relationships? <laughs> Is there any? Yeah, I don't know yet. Mm. I have purposely stayed away from church since I've been here. Um, the new spaces I'm in, there's this thing where you hug each other heart to heart. So it's not like head on, it's like twisted and your hearts are touching. Mm. So that's really nice and different. But I don't know how people would act if they knew I was married. Like, I don't know if I'm like introduce myself like, hey, I miss this. I don't know how they would treat me. They'd be like, mm. oh, you're married. Ooh. Like, I don't, I feel like that's going to be the case, Mm. unless you're older gentlemen. I just don't know. Mm. Yeah, people have a lot of personal stuff going. I don't know if people have, like, addictions or, like, sensitivities or what, Mm. but I don't know what's going to happen. I would like to know. (laughs) Yeah, I think all of us want to know what's going to happen, and none of us do. It's fair. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm also more comfortable with not knowing what's going on. I've actually become very comfortable with like just not knowing. Seriously. And just fumbling my way around. That's like the opposite of church. Yes. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know. I'm just figuring it out. I, I don't freaking know what's going to happen. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. Congratulations. Yes. <laughs> You're going back to like the childlike, childlike curiosity and childlike adventure of just like, you know what? I just yeah. want to play today. Mm hmm. Oh man. Okay. Um, so before we close today, um, um, are there things that like, I really want to say that I forgot to say, or like, this is super important and I want to say it again, or did you get it like all out of your chest? Um, I, I guess I'm thinking, and maybe you can add to this. I'm thinking about I think about my past often, but I'm also trying to get out of my head and just continue exploring without shame. There's still like a little shame just kind of drizzling in the background, just kind of staring at me. Mm. And I just have a thing where I overthink a lot. You know, I'm always Mm. thinking, what are they going to think? Or is it going to get back to people? Or like, and so I, as much as I love being online, I've been wanting to live my life outside of offline and just live. Mm. and explore as if there's no consequences mm. I know there are consequences and I know my actions affect people but I've been trying to not be so concerned with what people think about me and that's like the toughest thing I, that thing is going to take a lot of work I feel like I'm just always concerned like is it going to get back to so and so or mm. you know, I'm like I'm an adult now in my own space what am I so worried about mm. who's going to catch me who's going to punish me no one Like so it's been really tough that part yeah. The, the the stop fixating on what people think about me and just live my damn life. 
Mm-hmm. I'll be miserable if I keep thinking that way, really. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm working through. Um, and just keep reading literature. Like, Audrey Lord is on my list. Um, I've been connecting with people online that are doing some really awesome work. Um, I've just been connected with people that are really doing it well mm-hmm. and kind of take some classes and go to some workshops. And, yeah, I'm just trying to dive in and live my life, girl. Yeah. I think it's super <laughs> important to um... – Like, if you don't know something, to find people who are smarter than you. And that goes within the realm of sexuality as well. Um, I was processing this, like, a few months ago. I was like, I am, I am, I am 30 years educated within one belief system. And that's, and I know that extremely well. And so when I get frustrated about, like, all the things that I don't know, like, I shouldn't because I I just learned about Audre Lorde, like, last year. I don't have 30 years of experience analyzing Audre Lorde, but I do love the Holy Scriptures. You know what I'm saying? And, yeah. my gosh. And then, like, going to workshops, like, that's the equivalent of Sunday school or Sabbath school or whatever you want to call it. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the same. And um, so, like, the amount of time that we spent within this, we have to allow ourselves time to learn about what our bodies do, what squirting is, ethical porn, and masturbating, and, like, spiritual alignment, and heart-to-heart hugging, and platonic relationship, (laughs) like, all of that. And because it's all new. And we need to give ourselves time and to learn from people who have been doing this for a minute and like all the Betty Dodsons. Yes. Because we've been learning from Karen and Carl. You know what I'm saying? Like, we know them very well. Yes. I'm so glad you said that. I had that thought the other day. Like, when I first started singing, my voice was cracking. It was terrible. I was really embarrassing myself. I felt embarrassed. But I was just learning and messing up in front of people. And it's like, it took me years to get to that level where it's like, oh, this is really good. I could, like, this is good enough to record kind of voice, you know? And it's like, we expect that from something we just pick up. Right. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. like, that's not even realistic. So you're right. We need to be very kind and cheesy yeah. on ourselves during this journey. Yeah. I definitely yeah. yelled at my therapist for a long time about it. I was like, I only have two and a half skills. And one of those is like just being laying there and she goes well that's a good skill and I was like I don't think it is like it was so awful <laughs> oh my god I was like I, don't, I literally like I, don't know how to do this stuff yeah but if I think of myself at underage and doing it I was just laying there girl literally everybody like, what else do I do what do I do I'm gonna lay here <laughs> I wasn't doing nothing but just being cute I'm yep. gonna lay here and it's available if you want to poke it you, you want to poke it <laughs> this is it. Oh my god! And then slowly added to my skills. I made yeah. a mess, choked, looked a fool, and Absolutely. Uh, now we're people like, "Wow, you're good." I've been a hoe in training. You been a couple to, years. I got you, some years under my belt. You got some years. <laughs> Absolutely. I didn't, I didn't learn this yesterday. Okay. <laughs> you did it. You did it. It's so funny. I remember I had uh, an auntie. I have I have an aunt, and she's. I don't talk to her a lot, but like, I remember when I was in grad school and she was like, um, and I was super virgin. Like you could just see it all over me that I was like, just virgin that I didn't know anything. And, and, um, she pulled me aside and she was like, 
she started telling, she didn't even like ask me if I wanted some sex advice, but she, you know, she was probably 70 at the time. And she goes, let me tell you something. And she, and I was like, okay. And (laughs) she was like, so when you start having sex, like all you have to do is just put your hands behind your head, open your legs and just lay there. And I was like, auntie, is that it? And she goes, girl, that's all I did. And I got two houses. And I was like, oh, "Ah!" Oh my God, I'm doing too much. (laughs) She was, she was the goat. And she goes, that's all you got to do. Don't worry about it. She was like, let them do everything else. And I was like, let me write that down in my invisible notebook of of skills in the future. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. It was amazing. Huh. And I was like... She really got me thinking. Right! Yes. And now I feel so much better about me and my two skills. Because that's all she had. She had two skills, too. Mm-hmm. And she got two houses. Two skills, two houses. So, I'm, okay. I'm thrilled. Mm-hmm. But yes. So, learn, grow, and give yourself patience. Lay down. Years. Lay down. And lay down. Lay down. That's it. <laughs> The whole song on that, but yeah, let me. <laughs> ah, absolutely. Oh my gosh. Okay. Uh, let me ask those things. Um, how can people find you? Connect with you? Like you said it at the beginning, but just in case people didn't write it down, like where are you? Yeah, located? for sure. I'm. I just rejoined IG, so I am at Bodhi B O D H I dot Curry mm-hmm. the U R R Y. At Bodhi.curry. My name is Treasure, and um, we can be friends. <laughs> ah, I love it. Thank you, Treasure. You're a treasure and so great. Thank oh. you for sharing your whole story. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, Treasure, thank you for being a treasure and also for sharing your perspective and your heart and your soul. I'm so excited to see where you're going to be now that you're a new partnered marriage and um, figuring out how to live um, authentically and fully you in this new space. Um, And also for my guests that are listening, um, feel free to support her, find her, be her friend on the internet or in real life. She's amazing. Um, you can find her and her work at Bodhi Curry, which is B-O-D-H-I dot C-U-R-R-Y and also at freespace.diary. Um, and then also come support my work. Follow me, follow me on Instagram and that's at Holy Coitus, H-E-A-U-X-L-Y-C-O-I-T-U-S. Come share your host story. I'm always looking for guests and also listen to past episodes. Leave a like and a follow and a comment. Uh, five-star review, whatever y'all are doing on um, wherever you find this podcast. It really, truly does help. Um, Until next time, y'all, be kind to yourself. Have as many orgasms as you can and take a nap. Never apologize for any and all of the above. Be at peace, y'all. Bye-bye.